Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. An Erio's original. I invented a word that I really want to get in the dictionary and it's called distimacy. And because I feel like I have a real, I can have an intimacy at a distance. Right. So we would do like this internet dating like roulette where we would have like, we would turn on our locations and just like try to find weird dudes. Just like, okay, we're going to fuck this guy. (laughs) Sounds great. Hi, this is Margaret Cho. You're listening to The Margaret Cho Today we have a star and and a, and a great actress. Um, she is uh, Stevie on the amazing show Shit's Creek. It's Emily Hampshire. Coming out of the dark, coming out of the dark, coming out of the dark. When did you start exactly? So you've been a child. You were a child actor. I started at twelve. Mm-hmm. So. I wasn't like a child actor like it is in the States um, or like here we're in the States. Um, I wasn't on a TV show, a regular TV show. Um, I just was like a working actor. I started on Are You Afraid of the Dark? And uh, I played like two girlfriend number one. And then the next year I played girlfriend number two. So that's kind of going backwards. But um, yeah, I just kind of worked my way up. I did episodic stuff and then I got my first movie. And and then I did do a series in Canada for three years when I was, I think like 20. Um, So yeah, I actually, I feel really fortunate that my career took the, that trajectory and not the one I wanted at the time, which was instant success like I wanted by 16 I thought oh my god I'm a failure I haven't like done a movie with Leonardo DiCaprio um but I'm so glad now that I had all that time to like learn learn my craft learn about like failure and and what it is like when you you know like I went to Cannes with a movie and it was supposed to be the biggest thing ever and then like it's didn't become that. Um, and those are lessons that I think you can't like are invaluable. It, it always feels like disappointment at the time, but then you realize, oh, it's good the way that it happened. You know, like I think, um, and it, it, you know, success very young, it's not necessarily the best thing for people. And, you know, you see it all the time. Like when people are really successful when they're super young, it's, it's hard yeah. on them. It's really hard on that. Yeah. Um, a friend of mine who's in music told me, um, he like represents musicians and stuff, and he said that there's a saying that 
what if what the age at which some someone at least he was saying in the music industry gets famous is where they stay um mentally at that mm. age and mm. it's kind of interesting like michael right. jackson was famous as a kid and kind of stayed that way and right. like it, it, and it makes sense to me because everyone starts to treat you like differently and like you're well tiptoe around to you and stuff and if you don't have that kind of good sense of self at 10 um yeah. you're kind of screwed Right. It's hard. It's really hard. I think it's definitely like, you know, um, something or if you're used to really big success when you're that young, then everything that you do, you compare to that, you know, yeah, it's all downhill after that. And it's, yeah. that's oh, so bad. It feels bad and weird, but it's definitely like something it's interesting to like kind of look and how, also for me, it's just like how show business has changed and and how things play out. But I've, I've definitely noticed like how like everybody who really just stays in it, eventually it comes around to them. I think so too. And I do believe in like the cream rises. I think if you stick at it and you're really good at what you do, I think you will be, I don't, I kind of hate the word discovered because usually people think like they're, people are overnight successes when they've been working at it forever. But I just, I believe that like great talent will people notice. Yes. So what do you think about like what kind of things you want to do like in terms of roles? Like what kind of like do you want to do like movies now and TV? I mean, Shits Creek is such a great like jumping off point to do so many things because the show is so funny, but it also had so much heart too, you know, because you got yeah. to do so much and so much diversity and working with the levies, such great <laughs> Yeah, and Catherine O'Hara, like, and Chris Elliott. Oh, my God. Yeah. The best comedians, but there's so much depth there, too. It's, it's, uh, I I have a long love of Eugene Levy. There was, many years ago, there was a People magazine thing of the sexiest man alive issue, and they had me write an uh, article for it, and it was about, supposed to be about Orlando Bloom. (laughs) And I mm-hmm. wrote it about, about how much hotter Eugene Levy is than Orlando Bloom. Oh my God, <laughs> I like, love that. This whole thing That's about amazing. how, like, I think, like, Eugene Levy has so much more to offer than a night out with Orlando Bloom. But I think that that's actually true. Like, I think that the Levies are super oh. hot as a family. Oh, yeah. And so even, funny and sexy. Um, yeah, his wife Deb's hot too, and she's like the funniest one in the family and yeah. isn't in the business. She's so great. And Sarah Levy, his sister's on the show, and she's the amazing. Best. She's, I love that. Yeah, yeah. I was. Uh, it's funny. I it was hard when shit ended because um, I actually feel like I I got to I how do I explain this? I I got to do everything in the past six years because at the same time as I was doing shits I was doing another show called 12 monkeys and that was it's based on I don't know if you've seen the movie but um I played the Brad Pitt part in it and it's a totally different genre character everything than Shits Creek so for those years I was going from Stevie with like in on a great comedy with the greatest comedians and then I'd go and do this hour-long kind of sci-fi drama where I got to play this crazy person who did everything. And so both of them ended. um, It was also one of those weird things where near the end, 
uh, they ended up shooting at the same time. So I would shoot shits during the day and then 12 monkeys at night. And I was on this like wheel of just constantly working and then for everything to stop was very scary to me. Um, but then I started to think of like, what do I want to do next? Because as an actor, I usually am, at least to the position I was in before was like, whatever anyone will give me um, or like whatever I can get. And now I felt kind of like I was in a position to, to make, have more choice. And that to me is ultimate success. Like my dream success thing is to have choice, to be mm -hmm. able to choose what I want to do. Um, and so it was hard to find one project that would satisfy both those things because I'll never get to do like two shows at the same time again and have comedy and drama and all that stuff I realized the kind of dream thing is doing my own show and kind of doing taking a cue from Dan and I watched him for six years really grow into this showrunner creator actor and I realized I love doing that so I'm I'm actually doing my own show I'm not announced yet so I can't talk about it but when I can I'll tell you <laughs> that's great that's really great because mm -hmm. I mean I think that's that's a that's smart because I think I mean television is so interesting now and it's like right now is the perfect time to kind of figure out what that dream project is because it's a perfect mm -hmm. thing to like launch that thing as there's like so much space to do it and there's so many different places to do something like that you know yeah, I feel like I just want too much, though, and maybe that's why I also became an actor, is, like, I want to, you know, be, uh, play a doctor, I never want to play a doctor, that's why I play something, and then, and, and have this other life, and then play this, like, I want to live, like, all these lives, and so I feel like, um, when you've kind of come to choosing what you want to do, nothing's enough for me which sounds terrible no, but, but that's it's good. just like I want to do it's not that it's not enough it's that uh, I want to do all of it and I can't do all of it at the same time so the idea to like make a decision and cut off other things very difficult yeah so, yeah no, yeah. I know I think it's great though that then it's like then it's all sort of it but then it's just like the possibilities are infinite so that's great you know, mm -hmm. that's what makes it so exciting and so fun. Are there shows that right now that you're like super excited about or into like obsessed with? Is there anything that you're binging that you're like, oh, I love, I love, love, love? Well, what's weird is so I, I don't watch any television except for uh, Forensic Files, Dateline and murder documentaries Ooh. and just all documentaries. However, a friend of mine was like, I want to watch, you, you should see this new show, Dave. And it's on FX and I binged it and I've never, I've actually never binged a show. Like I know everyone does that. I feel like if I'm not learning something and I, I, I'll watch TV if I need to watch that show for a reason. And I know there's so many shows I, I know I should watch and want to watch. Like I've heard, mm -hmm. I, people are always telling me Succession I would love um, and Insecure. I, would, I know all these shows that I would love but I just feel like I'm being lazy if I want. But anyways, I watched Dave and I couldn't. So I loved it. I loved it mm. so much. Oh, that's good. So, I have to check it out. Yeah. I haven't. I haven't watched it. A, a good documentary that I watched was The Keepers on Netflix. Which oh, is, my God. I mean, I've seen it. I'm the only person who's watched The Keepers twice. Oh, my God. It's not God. really a rewatch, but I've seen it twice. That one is crazy. Like, I was like, I couldn't believe. I couldn't believe that one. And I couldn't believe 
abducted in plain sight. That oh, one- I was going to say, if you thought the keepers was something, watch abducted in plain sight because that one blew my that mind. That one blew my mind. That one was like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, you think it's this normal like kind of Dateline-ish documentary about a missing girl and then you find out this guy's like, I don't know what kind of show your podcast is in terms of <laughs> language and stuff but no no you could say whatever serious no those (laughs) kinds of things i i it's weird but i really i i really like get into any kind of true crime sort of dateline forensic files thing because it's the one time and this sounds really morbid but it's the one time that i can relax because i have such a morbid sense of life or i have like a really negative frame of mind so obviously something terrible is going to happen all the time so like when i watch or listen to true crime i can relax because all the bad stuff has happened or it's already happened so i'm like oh thank god so the the onus is not on me to create it in my mind because the terrible things have already occurred and i can sort of disseminate like exactly why it happened or i can like yeah. I don't know, forensically pull together, pull it, pull it out or whatever. Yeah, that's interesting. So you're not like creating the negativity. Someone's doing it for you. But we are you like a are you like a you would say glass half empty person? I think so. And I'm trying to um, like try to stop being that way, like trying to stop being so negative as a person. So I wish that like I, I, I want to change that about myself, but I. Definitely, that's why I love like I like horror movies. I like any kind of yeah true crime like podcast kind of thing. I like oh, any yeah. kind of like a murder documentary, um, crime documentary because I'm I'm just an inherently like negative, bloody thinker. Like it's a nasty, uh-huh. nasty kind of thing. Like I just like bad, nasty, negative details, and it's it's just a really gross thing. <laughs> But well, see, I don't think I don't know if that's ch- so um, nasty because I'm trying to think of like I I feel like during this whole quarantine and COVID and everything, the world ending, um, I feel like I've discovered that I am such a like silver linings person, mm. which I didn't think I was. I because my sense of humor is usually very dark and inappropriate or something like not inappropriate in a never in a mean way in, in just a like dark way and the first things I think of are always like you said like gross and bloody and dirt like just all that but I can't believe how much I really have learned that like during this time I I when I'm aware that there's so much bad I I can only see the good in it and that which Mm. is weird because I'll watch like a murder documentary and I empathize with the murderer which Mm. is like that's a problem Mm -hmm. but I feel like I can understand why certain like how somebody got somewhere and feel bad for them and I don't know yeah maybe it's getting older or yeah you can see the different sides of something or you can definitely pull apart why something happened or you can understand I understand like all sides of it you know like Mm -hmm. I I can definitely see where people are suffering and where you know like the victim side of it and the perpetrator side of it and it's just a very but it's 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 a weird kind of thing like I I do feel very relaxed when I when I can watch something kind of like sort of violent it's weird um 
thing. Like I definitely feel like this sort of tension release. And I feel like that's what people do watch horror things or like crime things in order to sort of feel relaxed. Yeah. Oh, I've definitely heard that. And there's like a science with that too, that Mm -hmm. it like releases this like adrenaline. And then after there's other neurochemicals that like go down your brain. It's funny though. I, I remember remarking when I saw um, the George Floyd video, I remember one of the things I thought was, I don't understand what this man was thinking who was doing that. Like how, because nor, and, and I only say that because normally I can at the most horrible things. Normally I can be like, oh, he was, he's, the narcissist and always obsessed with this and that's why he's doing this and this and that I and I can I can understand like that there is just racism but that just putting it neat for that long on that I didn't understand what was going through that man's head and that really freaked me out Mm -hmm. yeah because have you seen um have you seen uh don't fuck with cats Oh, God, that one is so um, that one is really upsetting. I mean, I knew about that story anyway. That one is um, I, I I think what's so interesting about that. I really wanted the uh, that body moving and that guy to get together at the end. You know, the, the two Facebook. People? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I love really story, hoping yeah. that they would get together there. But they didn't get together. But that, uh, uh, but yeah, that whole story is like so crazy. And that guy's so stupid. I mean, it just is like so like, um, but that was an interesting, that, that whole thing that was like all the people getting together to um, find out who the guy was, which, you know, Luca Magnata. It just was, it's very yeah. interesting. Yeah. And, but I remember with that, like the thing he was doing with the kittens, I couldn't, that was another thing where that reminded me of, of that George Floyd thing that at a certain point you are doing something to someone like, like, or like that. I don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. And, and you don't have, it's not like, you seem powerful doing this. It's horrible. No. I just don't, there's that. But then, like, other murders, I'm totally cool. <laughs> I'm not But there cool was, like, them. a like, lack of yeah. humanity that there's sort of, like, a disconnection of, like, humanity. And then it's almost like a robotic thing takes over. It's like, you yes. don't even know what you're doing or something. There's, like, something, like, what you, they're not aware or they're not conscious or they don't care or something. It's, yeah. like, a very strange thing. You're right. It is that disconnect. And that's the thing that, really confuses me when I can't put it together that bothers me and I it is that exact thing like just they're gone and they don't have any kind of human oh it's really scary yeah that's what really scares me about police brutality is that there seems to be this machine that takes over where it's almost like a switch and then they can't go back. And there's there's something that seems to occur. That's why they can't, even after all of this um, news coverage about it and the amping up of this awareness around it, it still not doesn't seem to recede. There seems to be more and more of it being reported. It seems like now, yeah. don't you understand, like we should stop killing black people. They're not stopping. 
you know? Yeah. And it's such a, it's like almost like they can't stop. They can't turn it off. It is interesting. The like, kind of, I wonder if it's like there's a military mindset in that gets pumped into you when you go through police academy or something. I don't know. I've never been through. I'm, I'm always curious. I'm always like, how do you just also be programmed? Not, not taking anyone's free will away, but like for, for two people or many people to watch someone do something that is horrific to, to someone else and, and feel like your job is to stand by and, and, let this happen um it's it's a very it's a strange thing but the um the don't fuck with cats was was interesting because it was that that thing of like people getting together online to somehow stop it and um and it was really about like violence against cats that made people so crazy which i was like that's such a great thing that was like that got people so upset you know, yeah, that was really. Well, I think cool. that's what it, that I think that's what kind of was such the hook with this is that no one, I think, can stomach someone doing anything to a kitten, mm-hmm. or I think we're kind of desensitized a bit to to murder and and like horrific kind of violent crimes. And but when you think of that kind of thing to a kitten or someone like George Floyd, who was on, like, who was helpless, complete, at that time, completely helpless at a certain point, and to continue, that's, that's a sick something. But I mean, I don't want to keep, I'm not comparing George Floyd to a kitten at all. No, no, but I think what it is is also that, like, it's like technology has given us the ability to be confronted with our own violence, which I think, Mm. you know, many centuries of us, sort of retelling stories of this kind of stuff happening, but the actual physical proof of it happening now, we can't deny, which is, I think, really important. So maybe this is the beginning of this kind of stuff not happening, you know? Yeah. Well, a lot of people were saying this is one that got caught on tape. Like, there's so many that have it. So many. like, that's the scary thing. That's really scary. Yeah, it's really, it's important. It's important and it's good. And it's the beginning of something. And I think that, you know, it did take the pandemic to really make everybody sit down and watch and actually take a moment. And, you know, in this, it's pride, it's 50 years of gay pride. And, you know, it's like we're sitting and, and, you know, watching the world change. And it's a very, I mean, I miss being out for the big, gay pride crowd are you a pride person do you like to go out for the pride parades i never i'm not a proud person at all like i think i'm the only person in the world who would say they hate live music um but i only hate it because of the like if i'm at the hollywood bowl in a little box or something i love it but so i'm not a proud person however in toronto um shit's uh, the cast of Shit's Creek led the Pride Parade in, I think it was 2017, and that was such an amazing experience. It yeah. was my first Pride Parade that I'd been to. Oh, I'm only a crowd person if I have a special diva ticket, but I love watching it. I love it's watching fun. all that. Yeah. I, I love kind it. of, I've, I've really, um, I think, thrived in quarantine and doing all these kind of celebrations in quarantine, which everybody's 
mostly disappointed with, but I, like we had um, our Canadian Screen Awards, which are, are kind of like Canadian Emmys, and we had the award show online, and then we got to do our like acceptance speeches, uh, film them and submit them. Like, I love that distance. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I invented a word that I really want to get in the dictionary, and it's called distimacy. And because I feel like I have a real, I can have an intimacy at a distance. But right. the minute I'm in it, I feel like I can't be as forthcoming and open and all that. I think that's a really good word. I think that's really actually a true though, because there is a kind of form of intimacy that occurs over Skype and Zoom um, that I've been able to achieve too. There's a kind of intimacy that occurs because we have to forge a closeness this way. We're forced to. Yeah. And sometimes you, I always feel something that I wouldn't otherwise have, like it's, like that word came to me when first um, social media started and people started really like um, DMing each other and you'd have, or you'd have these relationships. If you were dating and stuff, you'd start your relationship via text. It felt like you could be, uh, say things you'd never say to someone in person. And I feel, I feel like that now in quarantine, I'm actually, my friends are like, I'm seeing you more now than I ever have, like with FaceTime and Zoom, when I'm not really someone who would go and hang out for no reason. Or Yeah, I think it's nice. No, I, I agree. I think it's a, a place like a space where we can be together and alone. And then it inspires more of a wholeness and a togetherness, you know, like that's that place where we can mm-hmm. intersect, but in a way that we're not enmeshed. Yes, I think my fear is a meshing. I had a whole therapy session about a meshing this morning. Yeah, I definitely am uh, a loner a bit. Like all my elementary school report cards were like, Emily plays well alone. Yeah, but that's very, but it's like when we can connect alone, but connect also still. Yeah, that feels safe. It's, it's very, I think it's a, it's an, it's an admirable skill that we'll be able to use when this is all over, too. Yeah. Oh, God. It's gonna. Have you been to, like, a restaurant or anything? Um, no, but I did have, um, I did have dinner with, um, I, 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 well, I'm dating somebody who I started dating at the beginning of, uh, uh, was before the pandemic. So he's been sort of my only quarantine partner, which has been really, we really flourished in it because... Yeah, love in the time of Corona. Which it's has a thing. been very beautiful. And I think that we've grown very close in it because we've sort of only had this space. So that's been very, yeah. very beautiful. And then... Um, but I, I really would love to go to a restaurant because I'm, I'm a really bad cook. So yeah, <laughs> I... Yeah, I can cook at... At all. In fact, I have this um, video I put on Instagram of me cooking because I cooked uh, scrambled eggs for the first time. And people said that uh, I should have a cooking show of like the worst cook of all time. Um, Because, yeah, I was really trying, though. Like I was really trying (laughs) Well, the the thing, the trick with scrambled eggs is you just have to cook them really, really slowly. I mean, it's like it just... It barely heating the pan, like barely, it mm. takes a long time, like yeah, 25 minutes. Oh, God. 
oh, I don't have that kind of time. I, I know. Just, the only reason I cook eggs instead of order them from Postmates is because Postmates is taking too long. I know. So. It's But it's like, yeah, it's a, it's a very long process. I mean, I hate, I'm not a, yeah, I'm the worst. Oh. So hopefully a well, restaurant I, someday. Yeah, I, well, I went to a restaurant and it was so, it's interesting. I mean, obviously it's, we are, it is fascinating to be living in this time, like experiencing all this that it's like a, a movie, a sci-fi movie that like, did we ever think we would be sitting down at a restaurant with people with these like hazmat suit kind of masks and, and then giving your cutlery with tongs and <laughs> it's amazing. Um, well, hopefully we will be able to watch from afar together at some point. We'll be, we'll go to a restaurant and we'll laugh at this in the future. Someday. Yes, I'm curious to know what the future look back on this will be like. We will be laughing someday, hopefully. Where can people find you on the internets um, so they can be um, they can be a fan from afar? Um, okay, uh, from your podcast on, where can they find you? Um, well, I don't have a podcast, but they can come to this podcast and hear me on your. But I um, I'm on Instagram a lot. Um, that's kind of. I, I'm on Twitter um, and Facebook, but I don't really go there. Instagram is my jam, but um, oh, but not your podcast. I did your I did your show, and it's not a podcast. It's a it's a. I mean, it's all the same kind of because podcast used to be that you didn't. It was just voice, but you, you can watch a podcast. It's a show, yeah. So, yeah. So um, yeah, I have this show called Hump Day with Hampshire for charity for the. Um, the Actors Fund, which is not just for actors, it's for like everyone in the entertainment industry from ushers to PAs to uh, drag queens, hair and makeup people like uh, who lost their jobs due to COVID. And so we've been doing this every week. I thought it would be like three weeks max. It's We've done uh, pretty much like two seasons of Fleabag now. We've done like 10 episodes and our finale is this Wednesday and our guests are insane. We have the Dixie Chicks. Oh we God. have Catherine O'Hara. Wow. We have, um, um, my God, it's, we have a bunch. Of, we have a returning guest, Adam Rippon, um, and Debbie Gibson, and Annette Benning. It's like wow, insane. so exciting. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, so this Wednesday on the After mm-hmm. Fund YouTube channel. Cool. Well, thank cool. you so much. I'm so glad Thanks we got to do this. Me. Thank Me you. Too. You're awesome. Thanks for like, have a mid-afternoon chat. I know. I love it. Thanks. Thank you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Today we have a, a great musician. Um, she's in a band with me. She's also uh, in a band called The Dirty Ghosts. She's in a lot of bands. Um, it's Allison Baker. Um, we are in a band together called the Red Room Orchestra. Yes, I'm in a band. I'm in a band with her, but um, she's in a lot of bands. And uh, we talked to her about um, her new single, uh, Strange Weather, uh, and a lot of other stuff. Enjoy, Allison Baker. 
we did a show in um, January at Sketchfest with our band, the Red Room Orchestra, mm-hmm. um, which was really fun. Where we did some songs from uh, uh, Blue Velvet, lots of different things. We did uh, Boogie Nights. Uh, we did the P.T. Anderson songs. We did yep. the um, David Lynch songs, which uh, we've been doing for a couple of years now. And yep. then, um, and then uh, I saw sort of like came back and then you know went went sort of about our business and did other things and and then everything kind of went came crashing down in march what were you doing other than uh you were doing lots of other music stuff and going around and doing stuff yeah i i sort of revived my my own band which i hadn't been doing for years Mm -hmm. we played i think we played a couple weeks before the quarantine happened and Aside from that, there actually wasn't, I didn't have a lot going on musically, just my own thing. Mm-hmm. I guess when all this happened, it wasn't like, it was just, a, it was just kind of business as usual, I guess, but mm-hmm. just not leaving the house and working from home and I'm a homebody. So I'm here kind of all the time anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. It's like, um, it is very strange because it's, it, uh, I think two ways of thinking about it, you know, some people are, most of the artists are kind of like, well, this is sort of like normal, because I think for me, it, it is, it's very normal to sort of be in one place for a long time and not go out. Like, I tend to travel a lot, though. Like, so even if I'm like traveling, I'm still sheltering in place no matter where I go. Yeah. So, but th- this is like a weird thing of not being able to kind of go anywhere if you're just stuck in one place. It's weird. It's weird, but it, you know, I guess one the th- one thing that I sort of liked about it is that it just took all the pressure off me to have to try to do all the things that come along with being in a band, touring and mm-hmm. and playing shows and just constantly having that machine keep moving or or yeah. trying to keep the hamster wheel going all the time and it's it's nice to be forced to have to stop. Mhm. Mhm. I don't hate it. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a lot of things that are not good about it, obviously. But and it's been good to make music, so you got to make a, this a great song and a video at home. Yeah, thank you. That's exciting. That was fun. Yeah, that yeah. was fun to do. And I think I think it was the same kind of thing. Like it took all the pressure off for me once this happened to um, not have to worry about all of the follow up and everything that comes along with putting music out I just felt like oh well I can just put this out and I don't have to I don't have to worry about all the other stuff and and not having that in my head made it I think easier for me to to write and to be more free about it and yeah I see a lot of artists doing that right now too like putting stuff out and um like uh Phoebe Bridger who's a singer-songwriter that I like she was doing um a world tour but it was like one stop was from her bedroom and one was from her kitchen and one was from her living room. So like the world was her house, but the different rooms were like the different countries of her world, which I thought was really good. That's so great. it's kind of like a great, like a little, like the, um, our environments, you know, we just do whatever we can, mm-hmm. you know, um, with what we have. Yeah. You know? Yeah. People are still putting out music, even though we're not, be able like to tour and stuff so that's good I'm enjoying it and I'm enjoying seeing what other people are doing and um yeah I'm I'm ready for it to come back obviously but yeah what whatever's going on right now I'm you know I'm dealing with it just 
it's not the end of the world for for my situation because I've I I haven't been I haven't been actively touring for it's probably been about four years. I just I did it for a long time in my band, and I just I don't know that I was just born with the constitution to just be a person that's just on the road all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's the dream is to be able to like not be on the road and just to stay in one place and be able to do that kind of stuff like that um being on the road i think i don't think anybody's cut out for it i i I do love it but it takes a lot out of me you know it's hard yeah it's very hard i i mean i think it's like it's the one constant in my life but it's the one thing that i know is incredibly um exhausting Mm -hmm. and it's it's incredibly um i mean it is rewarding but it's so it's so difficult like and it also takes toll on your relationships and it sort of helps if you're uh kind of a a, a loner anyway yeah so i learned which i am which so i like that yeah and now i have lucia so she's a good dog traveler so she likes to go everywhere so that's she good seems very happy in her little pouch yeah, she's really good in her little bag and she doesn't mind going everywhere and she she'll like if she's tired she'll just fall asleep in the little bag. Yeah. And she'll just check out like she doesn't have to be involved in every social interaction. Sure. <laughs> so she'll just like fall asleep in the bag and then she's fine in there, you know, and she doesn't really care what happens. Yeah. So, um I found like that's been cool um if I if if I'm like in a relationship or something, then it's harder to leave. So if I don't, yeah, so if I don't have a, a you know anybody to come home to, I'm 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 happy to go out of town. Yeah, that's nice. I mean, there's 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 so many parts of it that are so great, like traveling and seeing the world, and you know having experiences you would not have if you were just staying at home. Mm-hmm. But the traveling is really taxing physically and emotionally. Yeah. It's draining too, and just navigating different cities every day and mm-hmm. even the really basic stuff like waking up and where where am I getting my coffee how soon can I get it like even yeah. very basic things like that or it's this is okay mm-hmm. <laughs> you know I'm totally okay with this it's good yeah the level of touring it, it matters like in the very basic things of like how high is the pillow gonna be because I have oh, a yeah. short neck, so I have to, like, every time a pillow is, like, even an entire, it's, like, a huge par- problem for me. Oh, yeah. Neck. No, me too. I bring my own pillow. I just, that's Oh, a- that's good. That's smart. Yeah. Because I can never fall asleep because pill- my neck, it's always, like, out of out of whack. Like, it's very difficult. Like, yes. there was a period, because I was always also on the road with a bunch of girls. This is years ago. Mm-hmm. So we would do like this kind of like internet dating like roulette where we would have like we would turn on our locations and just like try to find like du- weird dudes just like okay we're going to fuck this guy. <laughs> <laughs> just nice. just just like try to find like some weird dudes to, like yep. to come over. Yeah. Yeah. And then um take a bunch of Ambien and have them come over. Sounds great. Just, just like crazy stuff. And it's just funny like to think about now, but actually really like it, it's it's not sustainable. <laughs> I know. But it's, it's so fun. But it's uh, definitely like um, it, now it's much more of a quiet. Now in my 50s, it's much a quieter time to be out on the road. And But now it's definitely like just to be home. And 
I, I haven't, I, I'm excited that you put out a single and put out um, a music video and stuff. And it's a, uh, it's a good thing to do. I haven't had a, I haven't had any sort of like desire or impetus to be creative at all. Like I haven't had any sort of. Yeah, I barely have. And, and it's weird because I, um, you know, I was just kind of sitting around for a couple weeks and not really knowing what to do. And some friends of mine over at third man records were putting together this video show and they were looking for content. And it was like, I needed someone to tell me they needed something and I needed a deadline. And that was kind of all it took for me to, I haven't, there hasn't really been much else motivating me artistically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I just sat down and made one song. And, And usually when I write, I work on different little bits of different things at the same time. I'll Mm-hmm. have maybe a few songs going and but this one in particular I said I'm just going to I'm just going to focus on this and finish it and hand it in and not think too hard about it and just follow my gut instinct on this one and and It's great. Yeah, did you record it all in your home studio? Did you do it all at house? Yeah, I did it actually in the room I'm sitting in right now, which is um it's a converted garage behind my house that's a little it's like a two-car garage that's turned into a recording studio. So Usually I collaborate with my band members, but because this was early on in the quarantine, we weren't really able to do that. So Kelly, who I live with, who you may have met at a, at a yes. show. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah. So he's saying, he's saying, um, at the, the Lynch show. He did. Yes. He did. So he, he was able to come in and, and play on some things and I don't know. It was just, it was very laid back. It was, and it was yeah. fun to do. So you guys played all and sang everything. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. That's incredible thanks. that you guys could just do everything on your own just at home. It's crazy. I, I, that, this is something I've never really been able to do or had the luxury of, but mm-hmm. Kelly's lived here for a long time and he's, he puts out his own records where he plays every instrument mm-hmm. on the album, produces mm-hmm. it, he does everything. And, and that, that's something that is a little more foreign to me, but I've sort of learned from being in this atmosphere that I can try to get as much done as I can and what I can't, you know, yeah. he'll just step in and, and help me with. And Oh, that's so great. So wait, it, what, it can you, what can you play? You can play um, all, all anything guitars, right? Anything guitar strings. Yeah. That's uh, like guitar is my main instrument and, mm-hmm. you know, bass, bass I can play because I've just applied yeah. the guitar knowledge to the bass. Yeah. There's a lot of keyboards around here that I can play, but I'm not a classically trained piano player by any means I can't sit down Mm -hmm. and do that whole thing but I I can play melodies and you know I'm a good really good one finger piano player that's yeah that's good and then um so anything probably a synthesizer you could probably figure out yeah 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 you know on a kind of basic level Mm -hmm. uh can't cannot drum Kelly does that and um other than that, it's just like little, you know, machines I could tinker with, drum machines and pedals and just mm-hmm. fun things I can plug in that make noises. And those are always really, you know, they're essentially toys. So, yeah. And then that's all you need, really. Everything else you, you could need. probably just like overdub and then, you know, voice stuff. That's great. It's all it is. It's all it that's is. So so, and, and it's nice to, you know, it's nice to be able to be in a situation. I mean, it's great to collaborate. And I prefer collaborating and, and I love doing that. But in this particular situation where you didn't really have a lot of options, it was nice to just be in this room alone and, you know, get to try all these different things and just 
layer all these tracks and yeah like i'm trying to uh play a little bit more i'm trying to be i i was i think trying to be more creative and then i got a a a moog a grandmother and then i was like so confused (laughs) because i thought it was a piano okay i thought it was like and then i'm like no it's not it's like a synthesizer and then it's like a it's all patch cables and then you gotta like put and then i'm like oh and then i I, then you have like this thing of like the cookbook basically is like you have the patch cables that you put the cables in and then it makes the sound. So then it's really strange, but it's, it's basically so tubes and um, you, the keyboard, the keyboard is really just a way to sort of like uh, direct you through the sounds, but the ca- the cables are what make the sounds really change. So it's I've very seen those, but I've, I've never had anything like that. It's so weird. Like, I thought it was like a Mellotron, but it's really not. It's so bizarre. It's so dorky. But really, like, I could see how you could get super into it if you were that kind of a mind, like, if you had that kind of capacity. I just really, Uh I was, like, really mistaken. Those are scary looking to me. (laughs) So scary. Somebody just missed it. I just, like, I don't understand. (laughs) I'm like, I don't understand. Like, I had a, I have an accordion, too, and I'm like, I don't understand because it's like you, it's the bellows element of it. anything that you have to push air through. I'm like, <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. I, that, that is so cool. You're playing accordion. <laughs> it's hard. The, the bellows part of it is like, it really requires so much arm strength. Yeah. And it's the seventh. The, it's the, it's the, it, the keys are one thing, but it's those like buttons. Mm hmm. It's beautiful. It is beautiful. And and I, I love watching people play the accordion. Yeah. Whichever the arm is that's kind of doing that in and out movement. Mm-hmm. It's so, it's just, I love it. It's beautiful. It's really poetic and it's it's really a pretty, it's a really pretty instrument. And it's, I think it's like, the thing is, is that you could probably fake it pretty well if you got like two or three keys. You could probably do something, almost like a, use it like a looping pedal. Yeah. That's cool. You know? Because you could probably do that, and um, you know, there's a couple of things around that I have. I like an idiosyncratic. Hey, I like an idiosyncratic instrument because then it's like, well, it's different enough where um, just the very appearance is theatrical, which takes away the need to be a virtuoso. Totally, <laughs> that's so, always a good thing. Yeah, it's like okay, the appearance of it, like. Whether it's um, a melodica or something that's kind of, it's kind of like an oddity, which I think is enough to make it seem like, oh, this is kind of an interesting thing to look at. And so it it makes it, oh, it's kind of fun. (laughs) I love it. It's very inspiring that you're playing that. It's cool. I saw a dog in your video. Where's your, do you have a dog? That was my parents' dog who has since passed away. Oh my goodness. I know. That's the wonderful Stoli who once once lived in my parents' house in Toronto. <gasps> she was the best. She was a big, large golden retriever. Oh. And uh, yeah, she was my, she was my bud. Oh. But you know, actually speaking of dogs, I've started to really think about getting a dog. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's a good thing. I mean, it's because it's just being like home is a nice feeling. It's just like, so um, it's comforting to have um, an animal around. You know, it's mm-hmm. like a very, it's a very sweet feeling. 
Yeah. And then in San Francisco, it's it's also like a nice, I don't know. Yeah. It's a nice city. It's, like, it's a nice city to have dogs, too. So you used to live here, correct? I used, yeah, I lived, I grew up in um, the Sunset on um, 20th between Irving and Judah. So just off of the uh, N Judah nice. line. And I went to uh, the same high school as Mark. Okay. But not at the same time. And uh, I met him um, when he was playing with Eitzel, Mark Eitzel. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. In a long time ago, like in the 80s, like a really oh, wow. long time ago. Yeah. And um, we went, uh, he had come to LA with Mark because I had seen them at the, um, I want to say it was like satellite or something. Okay. I took him to some party in like Hancock Park. Yeah, he was so he he was playing piano with um, a bunch of people, and it was like really like squirrel nut zippers. It was like at that era where everybody's like really squirrel nut zippers. Yes, <laughs> like very, I know very, exactly like, what you're talking about. Yes, <laughs> swing era, very period. Like it was like the 1930s, but it was like the 90s. But it was very yes. like 80s, 90s, like. But everybody wanted to be like swing dancing. It was so dorky. So I remember. dorky. Yeah. Why is it like that? Like, so like, why can't we just be in like our era? I don't know. <laughs> I do not know. <laughs> that one was particularly irritating for some reason. But he looks really good in that era. He's very good in like a period costume. I could see that. Because he's perfectly like that perfect like era, different era sort of look. Mm hmm. Uh, so that was fun. I, I want to think that I wasn't sure. I feel like he made out with my friend, but I can't remember. Hmm. I can't remember how I even got involved with the Red Room Orchestra. Maybe he asked me or maybe somebody. No, I think somebody from Sketchfest asked me. Yeah. So and then I came um, and did the shows and it's been so fun. I want I hope we can do them again. Um, me too. Me so fun. too. I'm sure I we know. will. I hope so. I, I, I know we will. It's just a matter of when. I know we will, but it's just a, so when did you have other shows before the, the whole? Th- maybe, but I don't think anything was confirmed or maybe I there th- was stuff in the works, but. I think it was just all sort of in the air anyway, because yeah. it's sort of like, what's going to happen? It was nobody new. I don't think so. I don't think yeah. so. There's usually something that happens in, in the summer, but it didn't, I don't think we even got that far. Yeah. I think because everybody was sort of like, we don't know what's going on with this corona. Because the coronavirus was so kind of like, people were talking about it even in like February, a little bit. Yeah, it was very vague. I feel like I got the news, you know, I got the news kind of late. I remember a friend of mine was telling me that the hand sanitizer was completely sold out on Amazon. And that was the first time I thought, oh, whoa, maybe this, maybe, maybe I'm not reading the news enough or something because I, I don't think I had realized the, level of seriousness that this was but yeah yeah then maybe within like 48 hours it was everything had changed or you know that's what it felt like it felt like it just happened overnight yeah at least to me yeah it was it was seemed like it was like everything changed really fast Mm -hmm. like it was so fast I know it'll be interesting to see what it's going to be like moving forward I was just Kelly and I were talking about the concept of backstage. It's like, will that, will that even exist anymore? Will anyone even want people coming backstage at, at their own show anymore? And 
who knows? I don't know. I don't know. We'll, we'll see, but um, I'm glad we were able to get those shows in because they were, they were very special. And our band were so big. Like the, when we play, it's like, so our Red Room Orchestra shows are so big because there's like usually about 20 plus people and it's a huge, it's a huge band. It's like yeah. uh, always different and always varied. Lots mm-hmm. and lots and lots of different uh, people. Um, really, everybody's great. And um, it's always really special. But it's, it's, it's so funny because it, it's like everybody really gets along. And it's always really fun because everybody's so good. <laughs> I know. I know. It's. It's such a blast. It feel it's like summer camp or something. It is. It's really easy too. Like it's no, there's no drama and there's no like. It's just everybody just like. But it's kind of hard. It is kind of hard work because you guys have to like learn so many songs. Ugh, and nuts. the songs are very difficult, actually. Yes. Yes. Because it goes from like classical music to jazz to experimental jazz to punk rock to. Uh, it's done um, in different styles, and there's horn sections, there's strings, there's um, covers, rock and roll, there's Iggy Pop, there's Bowie, but there's also tubular belt. I mean, it's... It's wild. It's a really... Whistling. It's, yeah, right. <laughs> it, it's like boot camp, you know, if you're... If you still have a lot to learn as a musician, because mm-hmm. for me, when I, I kind of elbowed my way in and... and once I realized what I had signed up for, I kind of looked around the room and thought, should I be here? Should, but maybe I should, or maybe I shouldn't, but I'm not going to let anyone know how I feel about it. And I'm just going to sort of act like I know what I'm doing and I can do it. But some of those guys can just kind of walk in the room and they can throw the sheet music down and they can just start playing it. But for me with some of that stuff, I'd have to prepare for months on my own, but I was very, I'm, you know, I kind of kept that to myself. So I just look like I could roll in and just show up and play like everyone else. But, you know, everyone knew what was going on. Oh, you're so good. You're so good. Well, I, I just for I just need to prepare. Mm. Well, I they think you're so good. Oh, thanks, Margaret. You're so good. <laughs> Thank you. By the way, speaking of the Red Room Orchestra, I wanted to show you the special outfit that I wore for you today. <gasps> Gorgeous! You wore this, I think... Maybe to the first gig that we did together. Yes, yes. It looked so great. And I was just in awe of it all night. And I went home like high off the gig thinking, I got to get one of those. Yes. So I bought one and I got it and I put it in my closet and I thought, I'm going to wait for like the perfect time to wear this. And yes. today might be the day. This and is the day. This is the day. I, so I, I think I've owned this for like a good year. Yeah. And, it uh, looks amazing. Thank you. I was very I love excited it. to bust it out today. Thanks. It looks so good on you. But you know, you can wear it all the time. Yeah, I was going to ask you because, like, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't really busted it out in a regular situation. Like, I haven't worn it down to the bar. Yeah, yeah. Um, that is something you could wear anytime because it's kind of uh, self-contained. It's really uh, actually very handy and it's casual. Yes. It's it's an all-weather San Francisco outfit. So it really can, is. But in general, like with a Converse or like a flat, you could yeah. do it any time. Um, I've got my sneakers on right now, and I think I'm going to... Yeah. I think I'm going to take this down for a spin to the farmer's market later. The only time I don't like it is on a plane because it's hard to tough. go to the bathroom. 
Yeah, the, I did. I did notice that <laughs> the toilet is small, so it's hard to get my arms out. And then I, it's, I don't know how to, where to put the top to go pee. It's a little confusing. It's a little bit confusing to deal with. But the other, the other situations in my life, and I'm not going to the airport anyway, so it doesn't matter. But it's yeah, like a very, I, I love, I love that you got it, and it looks great on you. It's perfect. Thank you, thank you. You're, you know, I'm. I was inspired to wear it today. I was excited. I do see some guitars behind you and a little yes keyboard oh that is the melodica and there's a tiny little orange amp there and then i have a jerry jones um electric sitar nice that is uh, i had to have a restrung which is good and then i have a jerry jones 12 string which i like the jerry jones guitars they're like the fake dan electros he worked yeah. he, i think he worked for dan electro and then he okay. designed them, and then he left Dan Electro, and then he made his own. So he just, um, I think he just died. But he's like a luthier from Nashville. Um, nice. But he, he was cool. And then I got a Griffin, which is like a, it's like a 12-string, um, sort of a mandolin and a short scale guitar. But it's very high. It's like, I think it's tuned in like E or something. Hmm. I wrote a song where I can play both, but I'm trying to find an electric version of that. And I think... Um, that's really hard to do, to find an electric. Yeah, I've never seen anything like that before, I don't think. That's pretty cool. I found it because in, in, at Gruen in Nashville, they, uh, this Luther died, and so they had, um, they sold off his like collection of stuff he made, and that was one of the things that he made, and so I have never seen it again. Wow. And um, so I'm like, oh, I don't know. And I guess if you could, I guess you could have it made, but it's sort of, that's kind of expensive. Well, maybe a little. No, it was before the quarantine happened because I started tinkering with it late last year. But I started trying to teach myself how to build guitar pedals or at least mm. understanding how to put those together. They're very simple. It's mm. some, sometimes in some of those old pedals, there's like five electronic components. There's nothing in there. So yeah, when all that was actually one thing that I was doing when this started was like kind of starting to tinker with pedals a little bit or getting in there. But then I, I don't know, I just kind of, I don't know, I stopped. Like well, everything I mean, else, it just seemed like, oh, I'm, here's a project I'll start. And then it's like two weeks later, eh, move on to something there's, else. There are like an area of interest, like pedals are something that I never really got into, but some people get really involved. Like, um, like the edge has like his whole thing of pedals and. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, for me, I was very late in the game to that stuff. And I, I don't I don't think I have the enthusiasm that some people do about guitar effects in general. But um, it's I just I'm kind of fascinated by how simply they were made in the very beginning. Yeah. Yeah. But it's cool how much it can change the sound of something and then how much you associate the sound of something with and um you know, a certain track and that it only takes that mm -hmm. tiny thing to really uh, make that sort of the signifier of like the rock and roll song that we love so much, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It's That's what's that's sort of what what's so fascinating about rock and roll. But I find there's so much limitless potential in just the bare sound of a guitar no you know all and the variants that we even get within one instrument without any kind of pedals and without any you know that's always like really interesting or even in the age of a string you know there's a lot of 
infinite possibilities there. It's true. Yeah. So much to dork out on way, way a lot. A lot, a lot. I know. (laughs) Well, I hope that I get to see you again soon. And um, where can people find you and uh, your music and all of the things about you on the on the internets? Well, there we have a website which is dirtyghost.com, and I think there's links up there to. I know our our new videos up there. Um, You can find our new single on Bandcamp. So just Bandcamp forward slash dirty ghosts i think i don't know i guess if you go into Bandcamp and just search for dirty ghosts it'll show up oh sorry that was really annoying um but i think i think those are probably the only two um the only two links that i know of that you can find everything okay oh and, oh, and then on instagram if you're on insta oh yeah instagram um dirty ghosts and facebook as well cool so yeah, just search Great. for our name. We're we're up there somewhere. Cool. Well, thank you, Allison. And then, um, yeah, we'll we'll do our, our Red Room Orchestra shows again someday. I hope so. After this is over, we will do them again. Definitely. Yes. Nice to see you, Margaret. I'm so glad to see you. And uh, check out the um, Strange Weather. It's so great, and the video is really awesome. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Never miss an episode of The Margaret Show. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. The Margaret Show is an Erios production with editing by Melissa Stetton and original score by Garrison Starr. Taking over my dreams, waking me out of my sleep. I think I'm coming apart. Coming out of the dark, coming out of the dark, coming out of the dark. Yeah, I'm coming out of the dark. Original. Powered by ACAST. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.